Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we head on down to the cooperage and make friends with the barrel maker. Yes, tonight we've got wood. <laughs> More specifically, barrels. Um, so we're talking about barrel aging and how that works, and we've even got a little barrel of our own to uh, throw some port in and see what it tastes like. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, barrel aging. So, uh, that's a... It's a wooden. It's a hard problem trying to work out how to store uh, wine and beer and whatnot for long periods of time. And one of the most abundant uh, things around at the time was wood or clay. Yeah, and uh, obviously clay was the original way for storing alcohols. But then they found that it travelled better in wood, and after it got where it was going. The flavour had changed. Yeah, turns out it tasted even better. Oh, yeah. I suppose we'll just get straight into the history. Well, apparently. Yeah. But it's it's fascinating. Like, the act... Like, there's so many mechanisms going on in a barrel when you store anything in it. Um, not only have you got the kind of wood you have, the kind of wood you use but you've got how well it's made and how long it's uh, going to be in there for. And how old the wood is and where the wood was and what happened to it before. Mm, and the weather, where the barrel is stored, how many times you've used it, what you're storing it, what you're storing in it. So many factors. Yeah, which is why you'll often see whiskies saying that they've been aged in sherry casks or, you know... Yeah, or aged in port barrels, hmm. or even aged in red wine barrels sometimes. Hmm. And the and why there's uh, legislation in the US to uh, they've basically put down in law to say what kind of barrels need to be used for bourbon. If you remember back to our bourbon episode, yes. But uh, largely, of course, well, bourbon being whiskey, most things that are whiskey are aged in a barrel. Pretty much all whiskies. I think whiskey, ha- yeah, whiskey has to be aged in a barrel. It's a- it's the amount of time that varies. Like, mm. has to be a minimum of five years if it's a scotch, and three years for bourbon. But we are not talking about that original aging. I mean, obviously, if you're going to make your own, you can then barrel age it. But what we are talking about is when a whiskey is already fully matured and perfectly fine to drink but then the distiller goes ahead and puts it into a different barrel well we can talk about both because both are important well i suppose but that's certainly not what we're doing not no not what not what we're doing today we're no. finishing the or what what's we're using what's called a finishing barrel and that is a method of adding extra flavour and nuance to an already good drink or to make an average drink better. 
Yeah, it's uh, actually a practice that first began in 1983 when the Belveni master distiller David Stewart decided to store some fully aged whiskey in sherry butts for a year. And uh, the result was uh, what they would call Belveni Classic and is now known as Double Wood. Ooh. But then uh, starting in 1998, at Glen Dr. Bill Lumsden used his love of wine to become one of the biggest innovators in finishing, using wine barrels in amazing ways, including re-toasting barrels with Douro table wine still in them to caramelize the sugars before then going ahead and finishing whiskey in it. Fascinating. And uh, Glenfiddich have done a line of whiskies that have been uh, finished in IPA casks, which was it was not bad, but not, not worth the investment. Yeah, it um, didn't have as much IPA flavor as we had hoped. Hmm. Still pleasant. Yeah. I mean, it was still a good whiskey. So, uh, um, most, let's talk about the the process of um, well, I what suppose happens. the the initial type of barrel bait of yeah, the initial type of barrel aging yeah. to start the one that you do when you've just distilled a whiskey and you want to put it in something yeah or uh, just f- finished fermenting a wine and you've got to store it in something. But we're talking more specifically about spirits today because uh, it's you generally don't leave wine and fortified wines in uh, barrels for extended periods of time. They are the kind of drinks that finish aging in the glass bottle. Yes. Um, unless you like over-oaked Chardonnay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, as you guys know, uh, spirits are created through distillation of a fermented product, uh, whether it's wine, grape mash, fruits, plants, etc. Uh, distillation yields primarily ethanol, but things like, but also things like aldehydes, esters, and fatty acids, all which have a specific flavor and aroma to them. So it's this unique combination of chemicals that make spirits different from each other. For example, vodka and grappa with uh, a neutral grain spirit and a grape spirit. It all makes a difference. Um, so you need to... I'll, in the beginning, the barrels, were, as we said before, the barrels were just to store the um, spirits. Yeah, but once they discovered that the barrels made a difference to the flavor, they started experimenting with what the barrel had held beforehand, with what wood the barrel was made from, with whether or not they charred the barrel. Hmm. So they started leaving things in these barrels for longer and longer, and they discovered that these spirits, they tasted better and better. And there's, in fact, a mathematical formula, which I'll talk about later, that they can work out where the best amount of aging is. Or the best value for money for aging, I guess. Ah. Yeah. So, 
distilling ad- alcohol creates byproducts, uh, as we as I said before, but it also creates uh, bad tasting and poisonous byproducts, including things like butane, methanol, hydrazine, acetates, and acetaldehydes. Um, both good and bad, uh, these byproducts are called congeners, which I think we talked about in our hangovers episode. I believe we did, yes, because yeah. that's one of the things that causes them. Mm. And why uh, cheap whiskey and cheap rum can give pretty bad hangovers, because the whiskey, cheap whiskeys and cheap rums are not barrel aged very long, like they get the minimum mm. amount, just long enough. Yeah. To be still considered whiskey. Yeah. Um, so the barrel aging starts to, like the longer you leave the spirits in the barrels, it the wood starts to leach out these uh, bad congeners and uh, adds flavors based on the kind of wood you have. Two of the biggest or two of the most used uh, woods are French oak and American oak barrels and of course american oak is the barrel if you're making bourbon of course but because the american oak has stronger flavors it would uh overpower the um the malt the malt and barley uh, distilled mash from scotland so yes the the more subtle flavors of a scotch would just be lost hmm. so they use french oak Scot- Scotland uses French. Scottish whiskey uses French oak. And occasionally other woods as well. Mm. But primarily that one. But primarily French oak. According to scientists, um, the uh, most... They, um, basically, they, they discovered that... The scientists discovered that uh, most of the effects of barrel aging are done after about 15 years. After after that point, it's only a very, very minor difference between the two. Between what you have at 15 years and what you have at, say, 30. Mm. Um, Which explains why we didn't taste an awful lot of difference between an 18-year and a 30-year. Hmm. And what I would say what would happen in the last 15 years is environmental flavors and smells coming into the whiskey as opposed to the wood itself Mm. and yeah because it's yes the whiskey mellows but the wood doesn't seem to be like the the barrel flavor isn't any stronger in the 30 than it is in 18 it wasn't was it no which surprised me i thought it would taste much more woody than it did um i recently turned 30 and to celebrate i bought myself a 30 year old scotch to share the Talisker 30 year. It was pretty damn good. Mm, it was very nice, but not that much better than. Than an 18 year that I'd had. Than yeah. 18, yeah. Which. Which was also a Talisker. Yeah, but it, that surprised me as well. Like, I thought, you know, the 30. That extra 12 years would have done made a huge amount of difference because that's a long time. But. Mm. Um, as as our research has shown, about ninety nine percent of the maturation has already happened at fifteen years. Yeah, though the uh, the proof does make a difference to how much flavour it draws from the barrel as well. So if they've produced it at a much higher proof, mm. then it would probably draw more as it matured. Mm. 
So, another factor of barrel aging is the air. Is it humid? Is it hot? Is it dry? Is it cold? That makes a huge difference of the for the end product. Mm, it does, which is why there are certain beverages we've mentioned previously that <laughs> go sailing halfway around the world to get their final flavour. Mm. So that humid, salty air makes makes the difference. Um, so uh, the obviously wood is porous, which is why the why the air and temperature outside make a difference. Um, if the so during the aging process, some of the ethanol will oxidize or evaporate, and the the proof will will drop slightly. The alcohol by volume will drop slightly. Uh, this is typically called the angel's share because it was thought that angels were watching over the barrel to make sure it aged properly, uh, and the angels took a a portion as payment. This really explains why distillers prefer to age barrels in a cellar, because it gets the gets the consistency of temperature and humidity that they need for a consistent drop. Yeah, it's much easier for them to maintain an exact climate, and then make sure that every barrel they produce and every bottle that comes out is basically the same, mm. which is of course what they want. Yeah, because if humidity is very high more ethanol evaporates during the aging and while and if humidity is low uh, more water is lost so that there's like got to be a sweet spot for for the humidity and the temperature a guy from uh, maker's mark decided to uh, swap a couple of barrels with a scotch distiller and after regular samplings they worked out that one year of aging in Kentucky was equal to about three or four years of aging in Scotland due to the different climate. And, like, that kind of makes sense because um, this is why you see scotches that are 12 to 18 years, but you, you'll you normally see a bourbon aged six to eight. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. It's a lot hotter mm. in, in Kentucky. Yeah, and... Why in Mexico, a tequila is considered old if it's been aged for like three years. Yeah, because Mexico is pretty hard. And they, they just don't bother making anything in Arizona. <laughs> it's too hot. It'll dry out too quickly. Which That kind of makes sense when you uh, think about everything we've just said. Mm, well, and uh, yeah, Scotland is a temperate zone. Scotland is much cooler than te- Tennessee. Well, yes. I mean, Tennessee is in the south. It's down Equator Way. Yeah. It's hot as down there. Um, so, I suppose we should uh, talk about the, uh, the barrel we're using and what we're doing with it. Yes. Yeah, so, what we are talking about, of course, what we are doing today, what we began before we began recording, is... Finishing our own whiskey. Now, obviously, this is not whiskey we ourselves have produced. It is whiskey we are going to acquire from somebody else. But then we are going to finish it in our barrel. Now, if you want to do this yourself, you start by acquiring a barrel. (laughs) Uh, 
ideally two to five liters. You want to be able to fit a decent amount in there. And um, really, it should have our logo emblazoned on it. <laughs> Maybe we should start selling those. <laughs> Why not? So, yeah, we should. And from there, once you've acquired your barrel, you want to fill that barrel with water and empty it again to wash out any wood debris that's inside of it. And then fill it with water again and leave it to sit so that the wood swells and any gaps close up. And you want to keep refilling it until it settles. Until it stops, le- until it stops leaking. Mm, yeah, and until the water stops disappearing and it kind of sits at the same level. Mm. Because while the water level is dropping, there's either still little bits leaking out or it's still being absorbed by the wood. Mm. And when that is done you are ready to season the barrel. So you drain the water out and give it a good cleaning, which we were surprised at what happened when we drained the water out and gave it a good cleaning. Mm. We tipped the water out and it smelled strongly like uh, vanilla and and wood. Like everything you'd sort of assume was a, a whiskey flavor, whiskey note. Um, and... The, the water was a little bit foamy too. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise. I, I thought there were suds in it or something somehow. Mm. But no, I well, I didn't add any. Yeah, no, there weren't any. There wasn't anything like that in there. Mm. And certainly after we ran a second lot of water in it and tipped it out, it was, it was clean. Mm. And uh, that is when you choose whatever you have decided you're going to season your barrel with and put it in. Now, that this is probably the most important decision you'll make before well other than deciding what you're actually going to finish in it because you can finish a because you can season a barrel with almost anything you can season it with white wine red wine dessert wine port sherry port you can season it with cocktails if you want to apparently that's a really bad idea well it depends on the cocktail <laughs> cuz um i i did read an article about uh Somebody who decided to season their barrel with Negroni, and that didn't turn out too well. But they then seasoned it with Old Fashioned, and it turned out very well. So I think you need to. You need to pick it. Try and yeah, pick something where the flavors are going to complement a whiskey. Mm. So now we so once we've we've cleaned out the barrel and we've decided to season ours with port. So we've filled it all the way up, right to the top, and we're going to sit on that for six to 12 months? Three to six months? Um, well, there are differing schools of thought about how long you should leave it in there for. Some people say four weeks will suffice. Mm. I suppose it depends on whether or not you want to drink it too. Mm, and it depends how strong you want the flavour to be. I mean, if we want to drink it, and I can imagine we would, mm. four to six weeks would probably do the job we would season the barrel to some extent and we'd still be able to drink it mm. but it would have attained some flavors from the barrel mm. at least that that is our hope because we did intentionally since we were using five liters of it to <laughs> fill our five liter barrel we did intentionally get one that's a little on the cheaper side it cost us about five dollars per liter mm. but it's pretty damn cheap it's not dreadful though it's surprisingly good for 
five dollars a liter port. Yes, it it was a a chateau de cardboard. Yeah. You know, it came in a box, came in a cask, box wine as you may call it. Mm. But uh, goon sack, goon sack. Yeah, not not mm. awful though. I've I've had worse tawnies out of a bottle. Mm. Um, we might. Here's a thought that we didn't discuss earlier. What if we um, bottle some of the port every few weeks? Like once a fortnight, you empty some of it out into a bottle and then keep it. Or once a month, take a bottle worth out and keep it aside. And then we can actually taste it. Because it it's not going to age in the bottle. Yeah, no, it won't get anything from the bottle. So taking it out of the barrel and putting it in the bottle at regular intervals we'll be able we'll be able to pick and taste to taste the difference as it goes hmm. well and it, it's interesting that you should mention that because that's basically what you want to do when you're doing your finishing mm. like once once we've left that a sufficient amount of time and we're satisfied to take it out then we would replace it with our whiskey of choice, which we haven't decided yet, but I'm thinking something that has smooth but simple flavors. Hmm. So that it will gain a lot from... What could we pick? I'm thinking like maybe a Scotch or an Irish whiskey. Oh, it definitely has to be something subtle. Hmm. Because you you wouldn't finish a bourbon. No, no, you wouldn't get anything from a bourbon finished in a port barrel. No, because you'd just add sweetness to the sweetness. Yeah. But yeah, a um, mm. a Scotch or an Irish, definitely. We just need to find one that's smooth, but not going to break the bank. But uncomplex, <laughs> because well, a smooth but uncomplex Scotch should do the job. True. I mean, it doesn't want to be too simple. No. Well, and the other thing that we want to keep an eye out for, and that listeners should be keeping an eye out for too, if they're intent on finishing a whiskey in a barrel they've got themselves is that just like with the first phase of aging that distillers do the higher the proof the more flavors it's going to take from the barrel mm. so and well also the some of it's going to evaporate through the through the wood yeah exactly so we want to get a smooth yet uncomplex high proof Whiskey. Whiskey. To age in this. So we, we've got a good, you know, four to eight weeks to decide what uh, yeah. what it's going to be. If if not more. Yeah. If not more. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to find out. Uh, we're tasting this port now, and we'll definitely taste it later, but it definitely tastes like a cheap port. It does, but it's our expectation. Yeah. And I think... Uh, not unrealistically, mm. that the port will gain flavors from the barrel, even though it is what we're using, in, even though it's what we're using to season the barrel. Mm. Hopefully, it doesn't take too many flavors out because the water that we had in there for about a month will have. Actually, it's been longer than that. It's been it like has two months. Oops, <laughs> and it it had gained a lot of, it had pulled a lot out of it, but mm. you can actually. Return the barrel to neutral and start again by dissolving a half a teaspoon of citric acid 
in five liters of water and sloshing that mixture around the interior surface for five to ten minutes. And then you return it back to neutral and you can start all over. Because I guess the wood continues to be wood, continues to have the properties of wood, and will, <laughs> you know, go on behaving like wood. Mm. But I, I wonder if the citric acid uh, pulls all the previously endowed flavors out of it and also eats away at the surface to reveal new wood underneath. Mm, well, I would guess that that's the idea. Because citric acid is mild enough that it shouldn't harm the barrel, mm. but would just strip away a very fine layer. Very true. I definitely feel like, I definitely think I should get another barrel and uh, start putting homebrew mead in it. Just like top it up a couple of liters at a time. What do you reckon? Mm. Just uh, do it like a um, a Solero. Hmm. Except it's just one layer, not many. Well, but it may start that way, but you could just keep topping it up with a new one, topping it up with a new one, topping it up with a new one. Yes. And end up with a very complex Solera-style barrel of mead, Hmm. where it's always got mead in it, but of varying ages. That's it. That's the the theory. Um. Yeah, because of course, if you acquire a small barrel for yourself, you don't have to use it for finishing whiskey. No, you can make you can put whatever you want in there. Yeah, and then you can either use that to finish whiskey when you're done with it <laughs> or clean it out, set it back to neutral and start again. I haven't got anything else actually. Yeah, no, so that's it. Now, we probably won't be doing another episode on this, but do uh, we might like way down the track we'll have to describe it'll just be um I guess a tidbit here and there. Yeah, it'll just be updates throughout throughout other episodes. So be sure to listen to every other episode we make for the foreseeable future <laughs> and beyond to be sure you keep up to date on what's happening with our barrel finishing. Mm. So if you liked what you heard, guys, be sure to like and subscribe us, to us on your favorite podcast app or service. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, the list goes on. Uh, and we, can, we are a good drop all about alcohol. Look for that beer icon. Yeah, you can also find us on the socials, Facebook and Instagram as a good drop podcast. And we've got a, a website where you can find our backlog of previous episodes. Or if you want to share a particular episode with a friend, we are. you can find us at agooddrop.com.au. And if you've got any comments, questions, feedback, if you've barrel-aged a spirit or alcoholic beverage before and want to tell us all about it, send us an email to agooddrop at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next time when we talk about the mojito. Perfect, because it's almost summer here and it's hot as. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll have these warm, chilled thoughts, drinking these by the, the poolside. As you guys, in the, most of you guys in the US are shivering. And it's always a good time for a mojito. Well, that's one of my favorite cocktails, so I'm looking forward to it. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.